With another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 415, a.k.a. Year 8, Week 43, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with... KS. And since this is your regularly scheduled, <coughs> sort of, uh, Saturday broadcast, uh, we are here at the old clubhouse. Unfortunately for me, I have co-hosts who don't spring forward with the rest of us. Uh, so MC might be lost in the void of the hour uh, of, you know, where we came from. Um, so we do the regularly regularly scheduled Saturday broadcast on Clubhouse. We do it at 3 p.m. Eastern time. I guess right now it would be Eastern Daylight's time, technically. Uh, so whatever that time happens to be for you, that's when we hit the record button here or, you know, nearest to that. Um and the club is the Anarchist Experience, or you can at me at Riches for Rich, R I C H E S, the number four, R I C H. And when I start the room, I will click the little invite button and invite you inside when we when we start recording and go live. Uh, that being said, uh, normally I'd say what's going on with you this week, uh, KS. But at the end of last show, well, after the end of last show, um, I was talking to MC. And I said, oh, dude, it totally slipped my mind. You know, the, the bank failure of Silicon Valley Bank just happened. And that was like the big story of the week, right? That's the story that everybody else was going to be covering. Um, and we didn't do it. And we didn't do it, number one, because I forgot about it. And we had a good show otherwise. Uh, but after the show, when I'm telling this to MC, I'm like, oh, dude, we totally forgot. He goes, eh, it's probably no big deal. <laughs> you know and coming from him right that sort of shrug off kind of sets me at ease occasionally right like we disagree on the um the magnitude of certain events often enough uh but the the second biggest bank failure in u.s history right to be like eh, it's no big deal seemed a little odd so i'm glad you're here ks not to defend mc's position or anything but you know, as a as a professor and an economist, um, I kind of I lean on you for some of the more intellectually heavy topics that we discuss on this show. So, eh, no big deal, or something more going on uh, with SVB. Now that we've had a week to digest it, right? Like it's been covered in the news. There's been bailouts and FDIC rules being broken and influxes of cash and and assets being sold and a whole bunch of stuff that maybe you know mc is more privy to now um but what what is your take on the svb situation if you have one well no i think you're right that it is a very big deal and it seems tame in the news because uh they they'd prefer to hush it up and not give it too much an alarm um but it's um a, a very critical thing we've we've got a fractional reserve banking system <clears throat> that basically means that 
a massive amounts of money have been loaned out um, uh, that uh, is not covering uh, the, the deposits. And when depositors become worried about it, they, they want to withdraw their money, but there's no money there. So they, they depend on this sort of government insurance of, uh, of the FDIC, which is uh, their, their way of saying, oh, well, the banks paid a, f- a fee uh, to build up a fund to bail out banks. But that's only the tip of the iceberg. You know, they, it's there to make people feel good that, oh, there's going to be a recovery. But look what they've already done. As you've already noted, I think, uh, you know, the, the insurance is supposed to only cover $250,000 worth of of uh, deposits for each person for each account. So, I mean, a person with a million dollars could have spread it out into four different accounts <coughs> to have that covered. But with, um, as I understand it, with the Silicon Valley Bank, that only covered about 10% of the loans because I mean of the deposits because the deposits were 90% way above that uh, very uh, rich tech uh, companies had deposited lots of money in there and they all very nervous and that that bank is just part of a huge banking system where this is happening a lot so let's talk about that bank for a second because I heard what you said and I, I want to think in a normal situation um, you would be correct right the there's a huge amounts of loans going out from the bank compared to the amounts of deposits that they take in. Um, but in SVB's case, because of the nature of their clientele, I don't know if, I don't know if that was entirely the case, right? Like their clientele was a bunch of tech startups and the whatnot, or, you know, for the, the vast majority of it, right? Obviously not all their clients, but they were the vast majority of tech startups uh, with uh, venture capitalist money deposited into the bank right so it's not like they had a you know a huge deficit in loans um in fact all the all the news stories that came out early on was that they were conservatively uh investing you know bank funds into government treasury bonds right and that they were you know because of the rise in interest rates um those bonds became worth less and that was the the impetus for the downfall. So I does, that, does that change in anything the, in your mind? In the room here is Robin. I, I would hope you would encourage Robin to join in this conversation. She's uh, uh, with a bank in, uh, in Hawaii and very knowledgeable about the whole uh, crisis. I, I'm delighted to see her. Um, appear here and I would love it if she would join I don't know how you do do you, can you encourage her or yeah, there just, she is I just sent her an invite she just accepted it and she's got to unmute so great okay fantastic hi Robin well hi Ken and hi Rich I'm Robin um I just noticed my friend Ken Schoolin was talking in a clubhouse room so i'm just popping in i can't really stay long and ken you know i'm no longer at the bank of hawaii that was actually um several years ago but i'm just curious to know what you're all talking about and i um heard it's uh, about this uh, svb crisis that we experienced this past week so i'll just listen in a little bit more to get more context i'd love to have your take on it because you're uh, i mean even though you're not with bank of hawaii at the moment uh you have a lot of banking experience and uh and would have some uh, real good insights, I think, about what's what's playing out with this. Uh, if you'd if you'd like to add it in, it'd be good. 
Well, I'm absolutely not an expert. This is not really, uh, I, I, I really don't have any in-depth knowledge. Um, just from what I heard Rich talking about, um, you know, it, and it was only a few, not even, I think, a minute since I joined the room. So I still am wrapping my head around what you're talking about. But okay. um, I'll, I'll recap. It, it all makes sense to me from what I heard. So yeah. I'll, I'll recap from, are you, you're at least familiar with what happened with SVB? Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh, Ken had uh, intimated that typically banks fail um, because they're over leveraged with loans because of our fractional reserve banking system. And I suggested that maybe SVB uh, wasn't in that general category because of their clientele being startups, venture capital, uh, with uh, with heavy deposits and less loans than the average bank, um, and that they were conservatively uh, investing bank funds into government treasury bills and only got in hot water, so to speak, uh, because the government raised the interest rates. And I was, you know, so the, the question on the table for KS when he invited you in um, was, does that change anything uh, on how we think of bank runs, um, especially in this case with SVB, right? Because they weren't, they, there wasn't malfeasance, it wasn't negligence, it wasn't, you know, uh, a liberal use of, com- of bank funds, right? And yet we still saw a bank run, even though they may not have been heavily leveraged with loans, well, everything you said, um, Rich, makes sense. I, I guess it, I, I don't have um, insight into any of the specific, you know, um, financial um, points that you just made. I mean, what what you said from, you know, it just sounds, sounds logical. Um, I can see that. Okay. Well, Definitely. I get this information from news sources. I don't have intimate knowledge yeah. either, but this is, yeah, this yeah. is the story that's being reported. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there, there are many things that are kind of floating around out there, but given what you just said about, you know, the fact that their clientele uh, is, is of a, you know, the unique type of clientele that, that, yeah. that what you just said makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The clientele I mean, doesn't I mean, need it's loans. A complex, it's a complex, it's a complex um, thing, you know, but I'm, sh- it, it sounds like what you just described could have played some kind of a part in the entire in the entire scheme of it. And one of the things that makes it uh, a very interesting case in order to present, and it also this seems to have reverberated into other banks too. There was the right. other banks in, in internationally with Credit Suisse and uh, Signature Bank or First Republic Bank. Um, Those okay, are the two so, big ones after this one, Signature Bank and First Republic. Yeah, and so then... Uh, uh, the FDIC and the federal government, the Federal Reserve, all say, well, we've got to prevent this uh, a sense of panic. So we're not just going to guarantee the uh, $250,000 deposits, but we're going to guarantee all the money in the banks. Because as it um, seems to appear that only about 10% of the depositors were shielded by the $250,000 limit, right. a lot of depositors have put in a lot more. And um, so they're going way beyond that in order to stem the tide. But it seems to me that people will respond to these voices of assurance by saying, wait a minute, I thought maybe this is going to be much worse than 
than we thought because why would you need to be giving us voices of assurance if if the system was sound and solid you know where this wasn't going to happen and clearly they they hadn't anticipated this coming and if they didn't anticipate this then there's a lot more out there that they may not be anticipating okay so let me ask you let me ask you another question because this is where uh libertarians anarchists and the like Right, we we start screaming from the hilltops. Right, government intervention—they're going to inflate all the money away. Right, and we get upset when the when the government decides to you know bail out the banks, as it were in this case. Uh, but as if you're if we're talking about like the average depositor at any of these banks, right? Whether or not you have a hundred thousand in the bank, two hundred fifty thousand, a million in the bank. Right or like most people, like the average American, right, less than a thousand in the bank, right? Um, yeah. If the if the government makes everybody whole, right, where is mm-hmm. the inflation coming from? Because on the books, right, we have all this money that belonged to the depositors, all the people, right, and then the bank does something, and it's like, oops, it's gone now. Right. And then the government goes like, nope, we're just going to put it all back. Right. So to me, it seems like for the average person, this would be a, a net zero game. Right. Like the, the bank told me I had $10,000 and then I didn't. And then the government gave me my $10,000 back. So it's a wash. And so how, why, why are we concerned about um, inflation or an influx of, you know, printing the money to get it all back when it's supposed to be there in the first place and we're just putting it back? Well, it's not that, that the money um, uh, came from nowhere. It, it, it was loaned out to somebody. It was, or in this case, invested in, in uh, bonds that are losing their value. They're losing their value to new bonds because the new bonds have higher interest rates. People don't want to hold the old bonds at lower interest rates and they're <coughs> uh, they are, are worthless in the market. So, um, I mean, it, it's yeah. But the average, yeah. the average, the average customer didn't invest in bonds. They just deposited ten thousand dollars. Yes, yes. And by fractional reserve banking, only a very small portion of that is actually kept in the vault, and and ninety uh, percent or more, actually, probably far more. Uh, is loaned out to um, to other people who are, uh, you know, not required to. I mean, they they've got these uh, loans for small businesses or t- for payroll or one thing or another, and uh, they can't pay it back. Uh, I mean, they you know they they don't they're holding it for purposes of their own. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you have a the the inflation isn't in the printing of money; it's in the expansion of the uh, money expression in by this fractional reserve system well but that happens regardless though that happens regardless if the fdic comes in and makes people whole right that that you're you're, that's the suggestion with that is the inflation has already happened right and my ten thousand my and my ten thousand whether or not it's on the books or off the books or back on the books should not have any impact on that because once i put it in right then then the banks have already started to inflate it away and so why shouldn't I be made whole? Why shouldn't all depositors be made whole in some form or fashion if, if you know, if, if the money was there on paper, right, why should the money not be there physically? Um, 
Well, okay. I yeah. I I don't exactly. Yeah, I mean, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. That's. I mean, it's. I guess it's it's the question, right? Like, if it's if if the inflation has already happened on paper, right? Like, okay. Let's say we have we let's say we have the bank run, right? The bank took the, my ten thousand dollar deposit, loaned it out, or whatever, and then I come and say like, hey, I need my ten thousand dollars back, right? And the bank goes, well, I don't have it. I go, well, you have it on paper, right? And so the the FDIC steps in and goes like, here's his ten thousand dollars. Just give it to him, right? If the, if the inflation has already happened, um, if the inflation has already happened, why not make the depositor whole by giving him his physical funds? Well, uh, the source of every kind of inflation affects different people. You know, it's a, whoever is closest to the source of the uh, of the inflated currency, or the uh, is the one that benefits by it, and the one who, uh, I mean, there are different people who are affected in different ways by where the money is created. Right. But you're saying that the inflation is happening upon, like, first deposit with, the, with, with, with SVB, right? People deposited their money into SVB and thus yeah. created some inflationary aspect to the banking system. Yes. And, and okay. then they went to go take their money out of SVB, and SVB said, well, we don't have it. Right? Yeah. Okay, right. so we're, we're good on that part. And then the Federal Reserve comes along, or you know, the FDIC comes along and says, here's the money to give to those depositors. Right. So it's the physical manifestation of the paper inflation. I think that the, uh, the, the big concern here is the, um, the fact that then by by not having any consequence for the actions of um, Silicon Valley Bank, um, I, every bank can manage recklessly their uh, their deposits, and it's not a problem for the depositors because the Fed's going to just create money to to uh, to replace it. So therefore, the 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 bank is encouraged to make as reckless uh, ventures as possible because that's where their earnings are going to come uh, be increased. So you're creating what they call moral hazard. It's you're encouraging reckless behavior because the um, you, you've you know privatized the gain and socialized the cost uh, of it. All, all the costs of this is going to be borne by everybody who holds any dollar bills, and uh, and those gaining mostly from this are the ones who make the reckless decisions. Okay, so how do you pr- how do you protect the average consumer then, right? If they if they're not going to be able to be insured by the FDIC or whatever insurance bank insurance is available. Well, that's where I where I say that the cause of this problem was long ago. Okay, I mean we're seeing the outcome of that. Uh, the fact that you've you've created this um, moral hazard and you're you're reaping the consequence of it, and so they're looking for an immediate solution uh, how to repair that with a band aid. But the cause of the disease was already long ago with the creation of a federal res- uh, a federal reserve system that pumps up a huge amount of credit, with uh, FDIC that uh, gov- gives government guarantees to to banks regardless of behavior. Um, in uh, the alternative to this, I think, for demand deposits, meaning checking accounts, uh, is uh, something uh, 
closer do you hold people accountable for their contracts? You have um, 100% reserve banking for checking accounts. Um, and you have um, private insurance arrangements between um, banks uh, setting up their own insurance scheme in order to protect each other if they so desire. But all of these things are, are ones that then carry a lot more responsibility and accountability than when the government steps in. The government just steps in to rescue people who have contributed to campaigns and made, um, you know, and, and are patching up big uh, mistakes. Well, in this case, they're stepping in, but they're, they're protecting all customers at all, at all dollar values, right? And I guess to, to, my, original, to my original question... If the inflation has already occurred, right? What's what difference does it make if you have two hundred and fifty thousand or a million or five billion in venture capitalist money in the bank, right? If the if the bad decision has already been made on the bank's part, right? And your money is your money. Like I put my ten thousand in there, you know, he put his million dollars in there. That small startup company put their five billion dollars in there. And the inflation has already occurred, right? What's why 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 let them bear the cost or bear the burden, right? Why put them out of business uh, when it was the bank's error uh, that you know that caused the inflation, right? Why not make the innocent bystander whole? Let, let me answer that question, please. Welcome, MC. It's because it encourages the banks to keep doing that over and over and over again and keep getting bailed out. Well, that's what KS said about the moral hazard. Right, yeah. but 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 what I'm what I'm suggesting is it's not the bank it, that's getting bailed out; it's it's the innocent victims being made whole. Well, it's it's both. Okay, because if if the bank doesn't get bailed out, if the if the customers are not bailed out, um, then the bank goes out of business. It gets it has to sell all of its assets to another bank that has the money to buy them. Okay, so why not do both? Why not insure customer deposits, but immediately close the bank and liquidate the assets? That's what they did in 2008 a lot. They, but okay. it was the, the government that decided which banks were going to buy the other banks. And so the government was actually directing the whole thing. They said, okay, this bank is going to be merged with this one. This one's going to be merged with that one. And, and all the CEOs were going to get you know golden parachutes. And so they consolidated a whole bunch. But then they go, oh, no, we can't have too much consolidation. That's too much power in the hands of a few banks. And so yeah. they make more banks. So it's just it's back and forth. Oh, well, we want to... We want to decentralize, and we want to centralize, and we want to decentralize, and it's a big game to prove that the Federal Reserve can never be wrong, even though it's wrong constantly. Okay. So, if if it would be possible then, would you suggest a scenario in which uh, bank deposits are personally insured by the depositor? Right? Should I, like I have my own homeowner's insurance, my own car insurance, my own renter's insurance, you know, my own health insurance... Right. Should I should I carry my own bank deposit that's, insurance? That's kind of what banks originally were. You you had a bunch of gold, and you're like, well, it's too risky for me to hold my gold, so I'm going to put it in the bank. Yeah. And you put the gold in the bank, and you pay the the, the bank a, a small fee to ensure that your money is locked behind a you know bars and uh, you know a safe, right? You know? <laughs> and guards and everything. This this is another industry that I'm on record as saying is kind of backwards. Right, like we 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 bitch about the banks, we trust them with our money, but we pay zero for the service. Right? No, well, we used to. 
We use, you're right. We used to. We don't anymore. Yeah, because they found it uh, more advantageous to get more customer funds. And so to entice people to, to get deposits, to entice them, they said, oh, we'll just, we'll just remove the fees uh, because they can make more money off of our money than we could. Uh, okay. Just having it sit, sitting in a checking account. And that's, that happened in my lifetime. It used to be checking accounts were, were uh, what, what, what are they, Ken? Uh, uh, de- demand, demand deposits? Yeah. yeah. So that means the money's there uh, for you. Uh, no matter how much you put in there, you'll be able, if you put a billion dollars in there, you'll be able to get it out because it's there. Uh, but what they did is they, they changed the laws so where they don't have to have the money there. They can, they can take any deposit in any account and do risky things with it. And that, that was, you know, a big uh, change um, in U S monetary system. And, and of course it was wrong um, because now the customer, you know, gets into situations like this, but when, when you have a bank that's too big to fail, then it doesn't matter. And so then the banks can be as risky as they want. And that's, that's where the, that's why we're in this problem. Um, well, let, let me take it back a step to, again, since we're all answering questions, uh, and I'm, I'm thrilled with the conversation. Uh, you said that banks realized, or you know, something banks realized that they could get more money uh, by enticing the customers by waiving the fees, right, and then mm-hmm. doing risky things with their money. Mm-hmm. To the average person, that would sound like a free market problem that needs to be reined in by some sort of government regulation. Right. It, it's well, not like they needed special permission from the state. It's not like the state encouraged oh, them they to did. do so. Go on. Because n- normally it would be, it, it, be before the state gave permission for them to do this, the customer assumed correctly that their money was at the bank. Okay. And the government said, no, you don't, you don't have to do that. If, if, you, if you take a deposit, you can spend it. And so what is the customer supposed to do? Not use banking anymore? <laughs> like, well, we can talk about solutions. Um, that's, <laughs> that is likely one of them. No, but well, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, now we're talking about the government, like re- lifting a restriction that didn't exist in the first place. It did. It did exist. In what capacity? There was no law. Yeah, there was a law that says checking deposits were on, de- uh, on demand. demand deposits. So, okay. So, yeah, that, that definitely was a thing. It okay. wasn't. Okay, yeah. well, well, hold on then, because again, that sort that sounds like, right, a government regulation, right? You you must make you must keep demand deposits on demand, mm-hmm. right, to protect consumers from mm-hmm. banks doing risky things with their money. Mm-hmm. And when it was deregulated, right, which is a big thing for libertarians and anarchists and and people who don't like the government, when things were deregulated, uh, banks went uh, amok. And started doing risky things with people's money. Well, the situation that you're talking about in terms of what what was the regulation was just simply contract. I'm I make a contract with the bank to put money into the bank, and the contract is I get it back because that's our agreement. And then the government said, "No, you don't have to give it back. You 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 don't have to keep it in the vault. You can." loan it out to other purposes so that it was the government's intervention that allowed banks to do other things with your money beyond yeah, the, contract agreed. Yeah. The government invalidated the normal contract. Got it. 
Okay. And and that's what and and I said it was kind of an assumption that checking deposits were on demand because that's that's what they were. I mean, you just assumed that that's what that's what the deal is. Right. And right. the government said, "No. You, that 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 deal is no longer uh valid anymore." Okay. And and and, and how do and how do you fight that? You know, you just well, you, you just don't use the bank anymore. That's well, the, I mean, yes. Nor- but, uh, go ahead. Yes. People would have always tried to make assessments of who was the best person, the most secure person to keep their banking with. This person, A, because they have a very strong record, or this person, B, because, well, they don't have a a good record. Um, That's how you made your decision. But now, because the government has said, oh, well, we've guaranteed everything, now there's no distinction in where you'd make your deposit, because presumably the risk is the same everywhere. The only difference... one distinction that when you, when you, that you can make, sorry, there's one distinction you can make now is that you, you, if you have a lot of money, especially, actually, it doesn't matter if you have any money, you want to put your money in the biggest, most corrupt bank possible because they're too big to fail. If you yes. put your money in a small bank and, mm-hmm. and so, and so that's, that's another lesson is that, um, you, uh, you, you end up putting your money in the most risky, most corrupt, uh, banks because just because they're the biggest and how do they get the biggest by doing all these bad things. Um, and so that talk about, you know, perverse incentives. So I'm talking, I I was talking to my boss again earlier this week because I I love the conversations with the boss. Right. And he, 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 uh, he, he told me, I forget what bank he said, but he bought stock in a bank like early this week. And I chuckle, I'm like, why would you do that? You know? Like we're in the middle of a bank run and you're investing in the bank, you know? And he was like, well, it's up like 25% since I bought in yesterday. And then the next day is like, well, it's down like 8% and you know, whatever. Right. And I, and I, I told him the, that very thing, MC, I said, well, if you're going to invest in a bank, right? Like the only safe investment would seem to me would be an investment into JP Morgan Chase, Right. Because they're the biggest and they've already proven to be too big to fail. And if anyone's going to have like the capital or the power or the connections to take over a Silicon Valley bank or a signature bank or what's, what was the other one cast first, first Republic. Is that, is that the one? Yeah, first okay. Republic. If anyone's going to have the assets to take it over, right. It's going to be JP Morgan chase and they have the political connection. Right. So like that's, you know, if you want to, if you want to protect your money, it may be a perverse incentive, right? But you you want to put it somewhere where you know that the government is going to back you. Yeah, this is a huge boon for the the biggest of banks. You know, yeah, nothing, nothing, uh, <laughs> and and it was during two thousand and eight. You know, and they say, oh, this uh, rescue is not going to be at taxpayers' expense. Well, that's that's nonsense. You know, they. they uh, the taxpayers behind it. They say that the the executives, the chief of the executive officers, are all going to get fired. Well, as MC pointed out, they get <clears throat> even when they depart the company, they leave with golden parachutes that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars worth of um, bonuses and all that for their. Yeah, yeah. Great what was the difference between the Great Depression and and now? You know, back then there was there's bankers that were committing suicide because they lost everything, and that that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Well, and I guess that's what I was driving at earlier, uh, uh, KS, and you might have missed this part of the conversation, MC. Um, they say that the taxpayers are going to be on the hook, 
right? Yeah. But it, but the according to KS, right? And I again, I don't. I, if I'm if I'm misunderstanding or putting words into your mouth, feel free to correct me. But according to KS, right, the inflation has already occurred, and so whether it's the FDIC, the Federal Reserve printing out the money to give people back their money, right? Doesn't doesn't seem like it's putting taxpayers on the hook. It seems like a it net is. zero sum. We're, so the the whole system is based on debt, right? And so if if this if this bank doesn't have enough to pay customers, it needs to get the funds to pay the customers. Where does it get it from? Well, the government has to give them the money. Sure. Where does the government Where does the government get the money from? The Federal Reserve. Uh, or Not from, exactly. The, the Federal Reserve's, you know, billions, trillions of dollars in debt. Okay. Well, a- answer answer your own question. Then. Okay. So they would have to sell a bond. Okay. So they sell the bond, which is a promise to pay back later. Right. So it's debt. Yeah. No, I but got who, it. Who, but if, who, who, who's paying for that bond? Well, who's, I, I'm, I'm trying to follow your example. Who's paying for the bond is whoever bought the bond. Like, right. Right. Are you talking about who's okay? Gonna- no, they okay. Somebody somebody loaned the government money, right, for f- future payment plus interest. So who's going to pay back that that money? Well, the taxpayers ultimately. Yeah. There, okay. There you go, taxpayers. Right. So the taxpayers are on the hook because they have to pay. They have to pay the government so the government can pay back the the person that lent them the money. Right, but the, the, the customers of the bank, right, are part of the group called taxpayers as well, for the most part, right? So, again, my, my example is if I had $10,000 in the bank, right, and the bank lost it, and I'm made whole again, right, I'm not, I'm not paying myself back. I'm just getting what was already mine. Well, you, you are getting what is yours, but everybody else is paying for it, the, the, the rest of the taxpayer base. Well, and and yourself, of course, but but uh, but uh, it's but I've already paid for it. It was mine to begin with. Right? True, you're getting it back. Yeah, who is giving it to you? It's not it's not the bank. It's the government. Okay, but I gave I gave it to the bank, right? And mm-hmm. the bank did something with it, right? Lost it. Yeah, lost it. Yeah. So as far as an, inf- an as far as an inflationary monetary uh, system is concerned, right? Where did that money go? They spent that was it. lost. So some of it, they, a lot of it. So a lot of these banks where they, where they lost the money is they, they, they spent it on low interest rate bonds with 10 year with the government uh, turnarounds. Yeah. So they, and they, and so the government is spending that money out in, in the wild. And so that's where the inflation is. It's a cons- it's, it's a whole system built on ever increasing debt. And that's why you end up having these crashes because the only way to bail it out is to create even more debt. And that's where Ron Paul says you can't have a system based on debt because eventually it just gets unmanageable and you're, you're trying to put out fires everywhere by adding more debt. Like, how okay. does that make sense? <laughs> I, I hear you, but if it's, if it's deposits, right, I'm not, if I have, have $10,000 in the bank, I'm not in debt, right? If the bank loses no, but- that money... And, that, and that insurance money was, pays me back. That money was created by by debt initially. Yeah, and the only way to, you know, 
take take the debt out of the equation is to have a default. Okay. Somewhere along the way. And so in when these defaults happen, Silicon Valley Banks, uh, Signature Bank, First Republic, right? Are we is the suggestion that the depositors who deposited in good faith, who didn't make any bad decisions, who are known to be insured by the FDIC, should not be insured. And I'm sorry, you're should, asking if they shouldn't be insured? Yeah. If the, if, I, the, if, I, the, if you need a default, right, to like reset the system. No, no, the system is not resettable. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's not possible. Okay. So in order it, to it not... Would be the, it would be the end of the U.S. dollar if... if if we're going to uh, not have a debt-backed okay. currency anymore, it would just it would just collapse. So, in order to stem the flow of inflation, right? In order to in order to have a bank failure without an inflationary aspect to it, right? Who who are we who are we suggesting ought to foot the bill? Because if we're saying that the if the bank shouldn't be bailed out, we are implying that the customers of the bank should not be made whole, right? And then they're the ones who lose, right? Ah, too bad. You shouldn't have banked at Silicon Valley Bank, right? Tough shit for you. And everyone well, and all the taxpayers go on with the rest of their lives. Well, that's precisely what the um, private contract system is, that you make a contract with the bank to take care of your money. If they don't and it's gone, then, you're prob- then you're, you, your problem is with the bank, it's not with all the taxpayers in the country. Uh, and and if they knew, if the banks and their investors knew that they were fully accountable, fully responsible for the behavior of their management of other people's money, they would became, be, be much more cautious. So what, what Chaos is describing is, is principles. I, I think what uh, Richie Rich wants is a way to move forward and a solution. So I'll give you one. Well, I'm to also make everybody to make everybody happy, and then and then institute uh, implement principles. So right now, if if you just didn't didn't solve anything, a lot of people would lose money, and you, and you say, "Oh well, tough luck. That's your fault. You deserve to lose." Okay, well, but that's I'm, not the system. I'm also that's not suggesting. The system. Hold on, I'm also suggesting that they have FDIC insurance. Right, there's a cap on it of two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, every, right, everybody will get that money back. Everybody will get their two hundred fifty thousand, whether right. it's right or wrong. They're going to get it. But that's that's arbitrary, and um, if we didn't have that in place, right? What I suggested earlier was that everyone would be required, uh, or everyone would have the option. I guess not required. Everyone would have the option to then purchase deposit insurance separately, right? Like you know, like uh, yeah, I have that, Amica for my renters insurance. You know, Geico that's fine. for car insurance. That's fine, but everybody knows that that uh, you just invest with a bank that's too big to fail and the government will bail them out, so they don't need to do that. That's the current reality that we live in right now. Understood, but I, again, if we're, if we're talking about, like, you know, if we're saying that, if we're saying that FDIC insurance, right, is, is inflationary, I'm suggesting that with, without that safety net, right, other insurance would, would be made available um, but but it would be paid by the consumer directly, right? Much like I pay for my car insurance, much like I pay for my renter's insurance, health insurance, whatever, right? I would then spend a portion of my deposits on deposit insurance. Yeah, and that, and that would be a little bit deflationary. Okay. All right. Carry on with your solution. Okay. So to try to make everybody happy, 
you'd have to explain to people, okay, we're going to do this one last time. We're going to bail everybody out, give everybody what everybody thinks they owe. We're going to cancel all the debt by paying off all the bonds in the world. And then we're not going to do that again. Then we'll go to a gold standard and that's that. And you'll just have to, you know, use the dollars that you have to buy gold or whatever assets you want, buy Bitcoin, uh, buy land, or just hold the dollars that you have, whatever you want, and and then stop. So there's two ways to do that. You could you could you just do it now without having the bailout, and the, the winners win and the losers lose. Or you could have a bailout right now, make everybody whole at least on paper, and move forward from there. Or what we're going to do in reality is have a bailout. Banks are going to see what happened. They're going to say, oh, that's a way to make money. And they're going to do it again and have a bailout. Oh, that's the way to make money. And they're going to do it again, just like we did in 2008. And now we're redoing the process again right now. See, and I guess I don't, I hear what you're saying, right? And one, what we started the show with is the SVB situation seemed to be a little bit different because it didn't seem like they were acting on perverse incentives. They are because of the, the bonds, the long-term bonds. That well, that's, they bought, that might be that perverse incentives have... to us, but the, you know, average, the average American, the average consumer, right? Treasury bonds from the government. No, I'm not, I'm like not the saying they risky thing you can do. I'm not saying that they were trying to take, uh, uh, risk risky behavior i'm not trying to say that but that's what happened anyway okay it was inevitable <laughs> well okay so aside from aside from doing nothing with the money right they they have they're sitting on all this money and the suggestion right. is like the safest thing to do is what just vault it up right in, invest in larger safes well if we had on demand deposits yes that would be what to do with it okay but not all not all deposits are going to be demand deposits right that's just checking accounts right so you have savings accounts that are you expect the bank to loan out to give you interest okay that's the way they used to work and then and then you have your checking account which doesn't get lent out and you just pay it fifty dollars a month to use their checking service okay and so how do we how do we get how do we get there without you know these these perverse incentives this moral hazard it's it's really tricky because if you say okay we're going to have this one last bailout is that the truth so people are going to test that <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah that's that's the problem you know you say okay last time we're doing it everybody and and so that's why i say like for my solution you you have to erase all of the debt not not just the debt for the banks that are going to fail you pay everybody out immediately right now say here's your money back you're not getting any more interest on top of, you know, that you're not going to be, be able to buy the bonds over again. Um, yeah, just like you have to put a stop to it somehow, either just cold Turkey or like take the last hit and that's it. But like, good luck getting the government to do that because they make money on it. So what they're going to do is bail everybody out, keep, keep this debt monster rolling and you know, and until until they completely lose control of it, and that's what that's what Ron Paul's been predicting is this the complete right. lock, uh, loss of control. Um, you know, we'll see if that happens, but you know, principally it, it should happen. You know, we it it deserves to fail, and 
monetary systems do fail. Right. And so what, what really, what's really going to cause it to fail is pressure from the outside. And, and, you know, just like Venezuela, they, they thought they could print money into prosperity and um, it, it, it didn't work out and doesn't work out unless, you know, unless you can actually print money. And that's what the U.S. does. If, if everybody around the rest of the world is still taking your money, um, then you can do that. It's when it when that doesn't work anymore, then then uh, then you have problems. Then you have the hyperinflation and uh, it that that's when yeah that's when it's going to end okay so it's really it's really up to the rest of the world uh you know how long the the u.s dollar stays a a reserve currency okay is there a reason why this bank run didn't snowball into more faster yeah go ahead yeah (laughs) well i think it will (laughs) it has i mean it it started with uh uh, Silicon Valley, and then uh, Signature, and then uh, First Republic, and then yeah. Credit Suisse internationally. I don't think it's uh, I, I, it's just getting up steam. Well, Signature was a weird one because we we broke that story uh, last week Sunday, or that's when the story broke, and that one seemed less than voluntary, right? Like Signature Bank didn't come out and say, "Hey, we need a bailout," right? They they were uh, declared you know, to be taken over by uh, the state of New York, whatever banking authority, like yeah. they were just taken over. You know? Yeah. Well, basically when a customer goes there and says, you know, I want my money and they say, no, then you go to the government and they, and you say, Hey, they, they stole my money and the government shuts them down. Well, oh, okay. To, to be fair then, is, is that what happened? Like, do you know that that's what happened? Not, not exactly, but there's no other recourse. There's, you know, thousands hundreds of thousands of people with money in this in this bank you know, yeah billions of dollars um like and and you're 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 stopping people from being able to pay their employees and stuff right like something has to happen and pretty quick or else you know okay. then the pitchforks come out <laughs> well i i guess in again as as a as a consumer of the bank services right like i know the bank doesn't have a lot of money when I walk into the bank, right? Mm-hmm. So I've, I've made, uh, you know, a handful of large withdrawals from the bank, right? And when, I, when I'm going to do that, I call the bank and I go, hey, I'm coming in on Tuesday to make a significant withdrawal, right? Please have my money available, right? Sure. And the bank does something on their end, right? They, they acquire it from somewhere, right? Because it's not in the vault. Right. And when I walk into the bank, they have my money available. Right. But if I had just walked into the bank and said, like, I demand my money. And they said, well, we don't have it. Yeah. Well, right? you're, you're, we're talking about two different things. So the, the, the cash, cash on hand is always going to be very, very low. Right. Let, let's say S, SVB usually has about $15 billion just, just sitting around in sure. their accounts that they're able to just you know, give people when, you know, I'd like to withdraw a billion dollars. Oh, here you go. Another person. Oh, I'd like to withdraw a billion dollars. Okay, here you go. Yeah. But, but what if all those $16 billion were withdrawn? Well, that's what I'm saying. So if they, if you try to do that, you know, without notice, right, I can see well, where does, there'd be a the problem. notice doesn't matter anymore because the, the, the bank has $16 billion on hand. You say, oh, well, I, I'd like to come and get a billion dollars in a month. 
Yeah. Well, they don't have it. They can't get it because all of their money is tied up in, in long-term bonds. So they just can't get it to you. Okay. But I, and so, and I and guess, that's what, and that's what a run on the bank is. They, they, they've gone th- through all of the money that they would normally have to satisfy the daily customer needs. And it's just not there anymore. <laughs> right. But it will be in the future. Yeah. In 10 years. Okay. And I that's mean, what I thought is another solution. Okay. So the bank failed. They, they failed at their obligation to hold money for you for when you come in the door, whether you give them notice or not. And so they failed. So what do they do? I think they should just give the customers the bonds. Say, here, here you go. Your, your money will be free in 10 years. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, whatever. I, I guess the, the, maybe it's just because we're thinking at a higher level than the average person. Oh but, yeah. But what you're saying is true <laughs> across the board. And I can't imagine that the average person also doesn't know that. Right. Like, no, the average person has no idea how the banking system works. You think the average person thinks that don't. their money's in the bank? Yes. Holy well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if they think that or know that or, or conceptualize it. What matters is they act as if it is. Well, yeah, but but it's one of those things where uh, the 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 fake it right creates the make it right. Yeah, I know the, the bank doesn't have my money, right? And, but I know the reason I can why I can get my money. The reason why the whole system keeps chugging along is because of the moral hazard that Ken Ken describes of if anything bad happens, don't worry about it. The government will come in at taxpayers' expense and bail out the other taxpayers. Okay. So it's it's a it's a socialized system of profit for the for the bank and and socialized loss for the taxpayer. Okay. But if so, everybody so the banks if everybody banks can only win and the customers that. can only lose. <laughs> if everybody understood that, right, and acted in their own best interest, right, then the, the prediction that there would be lines outside the regional banks come Monday, what which is what some people were predicting last week Saturday, right, would have come to fruition. No, because it's guaranteed. They know the government's gonna stop step in. Okay. And and so that that false or real safety net, right, is propping up the system and keeping yeah, it going. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. But, but without at, it, at, at the well, without it, we would have a different system that is based on principles and and less risk, less risky behavior. There'd still be some banks that take risky behavior, but those ones would be found out and failed sooner. These ones, they just keep getting bigger and bigger, and bigger until they're too big to fail, and then they get the government handout. Okay. And and so that's that's the preserve perverse incentive is to take bigger and bigger risks to get your bank so big that that well it hurts too many people now so the government has to step in and help us and 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 make you know you know supposedly everybody happy everybody's not happy you know the 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 banks get an unfair uh, payday. Well, I, I guess that's where I'm a little lost as well. Right. The, the banks, the banks, the banks have been profiting like crazy the last, you know, for however long they've been in existence. You know, the, this SVB, the, all the, 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 the people are running the bank are getting huge bonuses and, and, okay. and, and, and when they fail to get a huge golden parachute too, like there's no risk for them as individuals that yeah. are running these banks, no risk at all. So I, I guess I hear, I hear that. I understand that. 
but when we when we're thinking about you know the bailout right we're the conception is that they're making customers whole right it's the it's the insurance you paid for we're going to do it for everybody not just for the 250,000 or less people right? okay make you, them whole fine okay now, but then, and and so so now you're telling all the rest of the banks hey go ahead get big take as much risk as you can with the customers customers money and if you happen to fail it doesn't matter well but the but the banks not being made whole right the customers are well, are are the bankers that that took unnecessary risk going to jail? No, they're getting they golden parachutes. Okay, of course they're getting made whole. Is, if the, okay, so if if the government didn't step in, there'd be people go, finding out who the CEOs are, and their house would be burned down, and, and, and you okay. know. Okay. So could the gov- could the stuff. government step in, and could the FDIC make the consumers whole, and still let the bank fail? The bank is definitely going to fail. It's going it. to be. It's going to be taken over and, and, and parsed out and uh, their okay. assets and everything. Right. Yeah. So that's what, that's, what my, what, that's what I'm suggesting is like the compromise, right? The insurance covers customer deposits, so they're not losing out, right? And then banks, bank employees, bank investors, bank personnel, right? You guys are all out of a job and we're selling the building, right? And everything within it. Yeah, that's what happened in 2008. Company. Okay. The, I might say there's another, but that's, but that's not a loss for them is what I'm saying. How is, is how a, is the closing of a bank not a loss for the bank? Because the individuals in that bank get, get paid. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. You don't do right. You get, you make, well, I agree that they, they, those, those assholes should be in jail. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the front clerk, right. The, the bank representative that you deposit your money with should not be in jail. Yeah, yeah. The, the right. CEOs that were responsible for the bad okay. uh, decisions. I'm not saying golden parachute. I'm saying liquidate all the assets, make the customers whole, like use the insurance to make the customers whole, liquidate the assets for pennies on the dollar or whatever you can get for it, right? But all the bank employees are fired. You know, prosecute the CEOs if, if, it's, a, if it's egregious, right? I, I, think, I think you have to, before I'd be okay prosecuting the CEO or any member of the, of, of the management team, Right, I I would want to see malicious intent to defraud consumers. Yeah, not just well, a bad. That's decision. the thing. I I don't I don't think they were trying to be malicious. Um, and yeah. and that's why I said most of their money is tied up in long term bonds. Right. So, so, it, so why it, put them in the system? It's the system. Well, it's it's the system of preserve, perverse incentives. So the it's the it, ultimately it's the government that created the situation. So they they're the ones that should be in jail, not not necessarily the the All CEO right. of the bank. I'll take that. But uh, I'm sure you could find some instance of, of misbehavior in, in all these banks. Let me add one more layer of culpability uh, to this. When, if, if it went to court and the CEO was being charged with, with uh, malfeasance or fraud, yeah. the, first, the first line of defense of that CEO would be, I did what the regulators told me to do. And it is the regulators who will bear no consequence for their actions. You know, they, 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 they have dozens of levels of regulatory oversight over these things. Many of them don't exercise it, or many of them exercise it incompetently, or many of them are in collaboration with the agencies. And they're the first line of defense for any CEO or, or a company saying, uh, we're not responsible because... We're doing what we were told we were supposed to do. That's why the EPA is a de- 
is the first line of defense for any polluter because they can say, well, we were, we were told that this was what we could do. And so the, the regulation isn't to control the behavior, it's to shield the, the behavior from prosecution or, or accountability later. So the regulators is whom we should be doxing then, right? They're the ones who should have their homes burned down or be financially well, responsible or whatever. It's, it's the government system, and, it's, and it starts with the Federal Reserve. Okay. And interestingly, recently they pointed out how many of the board members of the Federal Reserve Board were invested in many of these companies who were selling their corporate bonds to the Federal Reserve. In other words, they were they were they were insiders. They were they were benefiting by the behavior of it, and they had no rules governing the behavior of their own board of governors. It was just an embarrassment. So um, they they either decided to disinvest or or retire from the board, but there was never any penalty to them for, for any of this collab inside. Well, uh, then no wonder they wanted to make everyone whole across the board with no limit on deposit amount. Or accountability, yeah. Right, yeah. So I, w- I, w- I would say that that would, be, that would be the level where you would have to go to, to, to find responsibility in this case. Well, that's why Ron Paul said, and the Fed. Mm-hmm. All right, well. <laughs> that's Fine. that is that is the solution but there's what i'm trying to say is there's two ways to accomplish that and you could just end it and then winners win losers lose or you could say okay anybody is holding these bonds just print the money give them the dollars now and say okay we're not going to sell any more of these these junk bonds we're yeah. not going to uh you know the, the government is going to stop taking out loans uh we're going to you know any any money that the government gets is going to be a direct from, from direct uh, taxation of some sort. Um, and, and that's it. And so if they want to start a new war, they won't be able to borrow to get uh, the, the money to, to do it. Um, they'll have to, you know, ask the taxpayers directly, get the money. So yeah. War bonds again. Well, that's government backed war bonds. That, that led to the, the type of situation we have now where the yeah. government doesn't, doesn't operate with, uh, and, and it's bounds at all. <laughs> so. so if KS, if you think that this is going to snowball at some point in the future, right? I said it hasn't happened. You said it hasn't happened yet, right? Well, it, this week it's already been snowballing. That's the snowball is beginning. Yeah, and I yeah, but, but three ba- three banks across the nation, you know, it, that's hardly a snowfall, right? Well, and and credits uh, Swiss also. I mean, that that's a a huge. Okay. A problem in Europe. So, right, but we're, but what I, I guess my point is, we're not seeing the lines outside the bank, right? In what, what in what a traditional bank run looks like, of individual consumers going like, I want my money, right? Well, fifty so, percent of the population, I think, doesn't have very much money in the bank anyway. Well, that's there's your debt problem as well. But if, yeah. if also if if that's also the case, right? How? At what, at what point, I guess for me as an individual, right, at what point do I need to go get my money out of the bank? If this is, is going to snowball, right, how much time do I have if you had to predict it? Well, I think it's unpredictable, and that's why people get caught holding the bag. Okay. So for the, for the average person to not get caught holding the bag, right, when the, when the banks reopen on Monday, right, now that you've, now that you've seen what happens in a week, Right with SVB, Signature Bank, uh, First Republic, and Credit Suisse, 
right? What you've seen happens in a week, right? Will eventually trickle down uh, to your regional bank, to your local bank, to your credit union. I, th- right. I think it depends on how fast the government steps in with their with their bailouts. Well, if the if the government bails them out, then then you don't lose anything up front. You lose it later through the inflationary policy. Well, you, you you might you might lose it for a month while the banks figure out how to get the you know paperwork done. Sure, but a month is you know people's time in life. So okay, so, so but and I, I guess my question still stands. Then if if you don't want to wait for that month, right? Accelerate this bitch and go get your money out on Monday. You just want to see a bank run? No, I don't. Because <laughs> I don't. I don't want to fucking waste my time standing in line at the goddamn bank. That's why you're I'm encouraging asking. you're you're, insur- you're encouraging people to get their money out so that they don't have to wait and see. Well, if it's unpredictable, right? If it, yeah, of if course it is. Everything sure. everything is risk, especially when you have a system that encourages risk. Yeah, and if the and if that if the safety net for that is 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 a government bailout, right? Then yes, I'm going to lose money. Right, but I'm not going to lose it up front. I'm going to lose it through uh, inflationary monetary policy and the devaluing of my, and purchasing power of my dollar, right? Which over a long period of time, right, means I have more time to get into things like silver and gold and Bitcoin, right? I, can, I don't have to rush to get my cash out on Monday. I can slowly move it into other things over a longer period well, of time. Well, you hope so. I mean, like I said, it's unpredictable. You don't know. Um, well, the alternative is I go to the bank on Monday and demand all my money. And I can't even do that because one of my banks is in Hawaii. <laughs> well, write a check. Yeah, write a check. Have, have them send them the money to your other bank. Yeah, yeah. So silly. All right. Final thoughts. Good session. Fun. All right. Thank it'll you very much. More, for, what? Go ahead. It'll be more fun in the week to come. We'll see. Maybe. Depends who you are. Invest in J.P. Morgan now and be bailed out later. Yeah. That is not financial. I guess it is financial advice, but if you sue me, I don't have any so, money because it's all so in my, my last comment is is that some people have a conspiracy theory that they want they want this uh, uh, crash to happen now so they can introduce the the uh, central bank. Yeah. Yeah, central bank digital currency. Yeah, maybe. Right? Could be. That's... I, I would be more in line to think that way because of uh, the forceful takeover of Signature Bank. And there didn't and seem to did, be any trouble. And they did um, uh, try to send a whole bunch of bills to all, all the states. You know, how the states all get the same bills from the same uh, uh, ba- uh, bankers and stuff. Right. Bankers write the bills and then the governors pass them. But there was one governor that, that read the bill and said, oh, wow, what this bill says is all other digital currencies are going to be illegal, and the only one that's going to be legal is, is the central bank one. Yeah. Well, there you go. So don't let them do that. Figure it out. And we'll, we'll, Most governors don't read the bills, so you know you can see this probably half the states are going to have that as, uh, as a law. Do you happen to know which governor that was? I think it was was it Michigan or... One of those states up okay. there, Governor Montana, Whitmer, Michigan, doing the right thing. No, oh, I can't remember. Maybe it's don't worry, Montana, about it. Okay. Montana. I yeah, was probably curi- Montana. Yeah, I was just curious as to what state it's going to be safe to have your money in in the coming years. Montana, that's, Montana, that's the one. All right, there you go. 
Uh, that'll do it for us this week's everybody. You guys know where to find us anarchistexperience.com on telegram t.me slash anarchist experience and t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you would like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you KS for joining and UMC for getting around to it. Uh, you guys, uh, that'll do it for us. Peace. Aloha.